1: Or good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening, whatever time of day you're listening. I'm Alan Zarg, the Jedi, alongside I have John English, the Germs Guy. You're listening to Jedi and Germs. John, how are you?
0: Alan, I am well. How's life for you?
1: Oh, this life is okay. A little bit frustrated this morning, but uh, not entirely bugged at last night's performance. But life is good. How are you?
0: I'm good. Um, I... Uh, actually did not watch most of the game last night. I'm, I had a family thing going on. I was able to you monitor the much. sports stuff. Yeah, that's what I gathered. Um, but, you know, since we last recorded, the Jazz closed out the Memphis Series in five. They are up 2-1 on the LA Clippers. And this is all without Mike Conley. So, you know, I still feel pretty good.
1: I do too. In fact, I honestly, last night, maybe the score wasn't the case, but last night went about as I expected. I expected, uh, you know, I expected, uh, um, sorry, I expected the Clippers to come out fighting. They did. I expected Kawhi Leonard to come out and do exactly what Kawhi Leonard does. And he did, he came up big, um, wasn't sure how playoff P would end up, but he came out and played exceptionally well, too. The Jazz shot the ball well from downtown, um, and, and they got their, you know, their normal shots up. They hit 19, but defensively, it looked like they struggled at times, and really, I think the defensive uh, lineups that L.A. threw at the Jazz were a lot different then I guess not a lot different, but we're different. They mixed it up against the Jazz last night. Let's put it that way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, in fact, I don't know if you listen to any game, but Donovan did talk about one thing, found an interesting postgame. He said that the Clippers threw double teams at him, and that was the first time he had faced doubles like that since high school. That ought to tell you what the Clippers did last night. A little different than anybody else has done to this point.
0: Yeah, I, I figured they were going to do something like that in game three after the first two games. And the thing is, with doubling Donovan, is that something you can get away with a little more when he's not on the floor with Conley. Right. Um, you know, you, you would think there'd be enough with Joe, but, um, you know, good, good for the Clippers for figuring it out. I honestly would have been really surprised if the Jazz had won game three when I saw that Conley was going to be out as well. And I also saw that um, Donovan had to go back to the locker room for his ankle and ultimately never did come back into the game. And, you know, I I wonder what the cleaning the glass defensive rating is because the overall defensive rating for that game is probably the worst that they've had all year. (laughs) And it was a 142, which is just like historically bad. But, you know, that's the problem with recording after a loss is is the Jazz – did have impressive wins in those first two games. So it's still just a 2-1 series. You got to be a little nervous just because LA Clippers were, you know, they lost the first two games against the Mavericks too and they were able to come back. Jazz are a better team than the Mavericks, but the whole thing with Donovan's ankle and Conley's hamstring, um, they need both of those guys to be able to play at 100% if they're going to, you know, get past the Clippers in a seven-game series so a couple of thoughts
1: i'll get to donovan's injuries or health here in a second because there were some interesting post-game comments he made but from a defensive standpoint you heard rudy and donovan and even quinn talk last night that that there are things obviously they could definitely do on the defensive end they they felt like they played pretty well but honestly they talked about things that could have been done better reggie jackson going four for four in the first half from three uh, was one of those things that they felt like they should have changed. Donovan spoke specifically of making the Clippers uncomfortable. He said they they looked very comfortable last night. They 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 made shots because they they were comfortable. He goes, they're a good shooting team. That's the way he put it. He says they're a really good shooting team. We know we knew we were we knew that coming into this series. He says our job is to make them uncomfortable. He said we didn't do that tonight. So I expect the Jazz to change things up just a little bit on Monday to make them uncomfortable. Um, You know, again, offensively, I felt like the Jazz played well. I felt like the Clippers played about as good as they're going to play against the Jazz last night. And I don't expect that to be the case in everything, in every game going forward. In fact, I felt like they played almost a perfect game. And it took an almost perfect game to really just do what they did to the Jazz. Um, I don't expect that going forward. I I do expect them to play well, um, but I expect the Jazz to come back. I agree with you about Conley. Um, let me read you a quote from Mitchell last night. I listened to his entire postgame pressure. This quote, I can't think really sums it up. First of all, he says he's fine. He said he was ready to go back in. And yes, he left the game limping, very mad um, that, that, that he was hurting. And it was when he landed after, a, 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 after he uh, came down from a shot. But he came back. Let it be known, he came back in the game. Stood with Donna, or with Quinn, they spoke, they waited, and then someone on the Clippers, I can't remember who, hit a shot that put them up 18, and that's when Quinn said, go ahead and go back to the bench. And Donovan and Quinn both addressed that, said, Donovan was ready to come back in, but I felt that, you know, we both felt that with an 18-point lead, there was no point in risking, so I sent him back to the bench. Donovan, here's the quote I want to hear you. It, it says, it's when I land. Somebody asked this, a follow-up question. He says, it's when I land. I've been trying to manage it. I don't know what else to say. I don't want to say too much. I'm good. I'll be ready for game four. I expect this is going to be Donovan going forth in the rest of the playoffs. He's going to manage the pain. He's going to continue to play. And, oh, by the way, he's still putting up 30-plus points a game on a hobbled ankle. So I don't think we're going to see anything from Donovan going forward that's going to change. But I agree with you. Conley's needed badly yeah yeah um
0: yeah it's 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 too bad that this is what's um going on with the jazz right now and it's something that most nBA teams are dealing with you know i i feel for nuggets fans not having Murray you know jazz fans don't have Conley um you know the bucks just lost evenchennzo for the season uh sixers just lost green for a couple weeks on top of the other injuries that teams are dealing with anyway so it's it's just, it's too bad. I actually saw an article on NBA.com. I gave a quick read to, and it's like, you know, fans would like the best team, not the healthiest team.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: And that's just, that's just what's going
1: on this year. Well, and I think in a way they are getting the best team though, aren't they? Because outside of the Lakers, the Jazz really are the best team. And regardless of health, I felt like it was going to come down to either the Lakers, Jazz, or Clippers out of the West, wasn't it?
0: I thought so, um, and you know, and Clippers they they are missing Ibaka, so it's not like they're 100. percent Although right. missing Ibaka is not as significant as missing Conley, I would say. But you know, Suns it looked like they might miss Chris Paul, and he seems to be okay. His shoulder seems to have recovered, so you know that's healthy. So I'm I'm rooting for all of that to work out, and you know, hopefully, no one major. Gets injured on any of the
1: other teams as we continue in the playoffs. All right, and let me ask you, like, like, just go back to last night for a minute. If I told you and you didn't know the final score, if I told you Royce O'Neal had twelve, Gobert, Gobert had twelve and ten, Ingalls had nineteen, Mitchell had thirty-five and four, and Jordan Clarkson had fourteen, who would you think won the ball game? If I Uh, gave you those numbers. I kind of got lost in some of those numbers. Can you say those again? Okay. If I told you that Royce O'Neal had 12 points, 6 rebounds. Gobert had 12 points, 10 rebounds. Ingles had 19 points. Mitchell had 35 and 4. And Clarkson Ah. had 14. Who would win the game? Who did you think would win the game at that point?
0: That sounds like a winning combination.
1: Right, so let me let me give you one more stat that might tell the tale of everything else. Bogdanovich went two for ten, with only nine points and four rebounds. Yeah. So that there there was there was one player missing there. If you look at the benches, uh, it was fairly even. Uh, Clarkson with fourteen was really the only guy on on uh, the Jazz bench. It was more evenly you know spread out on the Clippers bench, but overall the final numbers or I think 26 to 24 bench points. So you had your starting lineup for the Clippers, (laughs) 34 from Leonard, 31 from George, 17 from Jackson, and 17 from Batum. Clippers shot 52% from downtown. Jazz shot 43% from downtown. Both of them hit 19 threes. See, this is what jumps out to me just looking at the box score. Um, Clarkson had 14
0: points on 16 shots. So it was an inefficient night from him. He was also the team worst, uh, minus 24 in the plus-minus category. Yeah, yeah, bogey two for 10. Nobody had more than four assists. They only had 15 assists total. Yep. Um, they are, That tells me that they're not able to get into the blender as much as they would like. The Clippers figured something out there. Only one block on the entire team. Yep. Uh, that's something that jumps out at me. And then I also see that, um, you know, everybody on the Clippers was positive. Um, Batum was plus 24, Terrence Mann played and he was a plus 21. I don't know why he only played one minute in the previous game, you know, loose, changing things up. I see that, you know, he didn't start Zubach this time, which was probably a good thing for their team. Um, you know, he made adjustments, Jazz tried to do their own adjustments, um, you know, but I I I didn't really think they were gonna win. So no, you know, no. In if they get I Conley heard... back for Game Four, I feel good. And if Conley's out again for Game Four, then I could see this going two two.
1: Yeah, and I could still I, I mean even if Conley's not back, I could still see the adjustments such such that it would not surprise me if the Jazz won and went home three one. But you're right, if Conley's not there, it wouldn't surprise me too, 2 either. I, I don't have a feel for game four. I, I still think the Jazz win the series, regardless of what happens on Monday. Um, the, 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 the only thing last night was interesting. Um, one more post-game thought, and it was to what you just said, and now I forgot what it was. Um, the, the uh, gosh, what was it? Oh no. I lost my train of thought. There was something you said that really sh- that that was addressed last night in post game and I don't remember what it was. So never mind, we'll move past it. Okay. So. Okay. But uh, uh, yeah.
0: Let's uh let's let's look at the rest of the playoffs. Okay. Where we stand. Um today we got Nets facing the Bucks. Nets are up 2-1 it had they had to have a historically bad offensive game for the bucks to pull out that win. I I I think Nets are going to win this series in 5. <laughs> and then uh we also have a possible closeout game tonight. Phoenix is up 3-0. They're facing the Nuggets. Jokic is going to get his MVP trophy before the game tonight. Um you know, hopefully that inspires the Nuggets to get a win and stretch this thing out a little bit more. Um, I would love to see this, you know, go to six or seven games, but but will it really? But will it? Probably not. It would be nice. Um, <laughs> I
1: could see. I could see the way the Suns have been playing, the way the Nuggets play. I could see this this series being over tonight. Um, I just, you know, I I outside of Jokic, the the, the Nuggets just haven't been good. They did have. Um, I forget his name, come back into the lineup on Friday. See, now I've got to bring up the box score. I f- completely forgot the the name. Um, hold on, I'll have it for you right now. Uh, Barton, Will Barton, is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, they had him back in the lineup. He had 14. But it, outside of that, I they're just not... Jokic just is not getting help from everybody else. Um, Michael Malone has... Has called the team out on more than one occasion. It's really not gotten them anywhere. Um, they miss Murray badly, um, and I think they're just outmatched by Phoenix here. I would love to see them win tonight. Maybe they do, and they they push this back to Phoenix, um, you know. But I still think they'll probably be dead in the water in five. So, and as far as Brooklyn goes, I'm with you on that. But I feel like Giannis and company have more fight in them. Um, could you see them beating the Nets today?
0: I mean it's sure it's possible it's just that the play their play of the first three games doesn't give me much hope even though they won game 3 nets had to be historically bad for them to barely pull that off and I just I just have a hard time seeing the bucks being able to overcome all that and 2-1's not that big of a you know, you're only down two-one, but it's the Nets. Right. And I just feel like the Nets have way too much firepower, and they're not going to have as bad a game as they did in Game Three. So, I I still feel like, you know, I I can very easily see the Nets just make this a five-game series. I mean, the Bucks could. Um, the Bucks have yet to really play a good game against the Nets. Maybe maybe tonight or today they actually play a good game. I just have no reason to have faith that that'll happen
1: yeah and why is it that they get two two days rest before their next game and the jazz couldn't possibly have that because they played thursday they play again oh no they yeah they get two games they play again today i just why is that that's just not fair i don't know um yeah i guess of note by the way um in that game uh pj tucker and durant got in the faces of each other and ultimately Durant's bodyguard has been uh, I, I didn't even remember what I saw in the news, but he got himself in some trouble because he is one of the first off the bench uh, with a few other players to protect Durant. It's oh, quite- yeah. I,
0: yeah, that was that was crazy. Um, uh, they they have announced that the NBA has barred his bodyguard from being at the Milwaukee game. Yep. Um, but I I saw that. and I thought that was crazy
1: that. Wow. Well, and in fact, not just the Milwaukee game, he has he it will not work the rest of the series. So even if Milwaukee gets a game, a winning game Four, they go back to Brooklyn, he will not be allowed the rest of the series.
0: Yeah, it says he's barred from working the remaining games in Milwaukee and barred from being on the court during the remaining games in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, you cannot have. You cannot have some personal bodyguard. I don't care if he's employed by the Nets. You can't have bodyguards running out onto the court when they're scuffled between players. If any, if PJ Tucker was remotely injured in any way by this bodyguard, that I man, I would be furious. <laughs> yeah, and, I would I too. Would so freaking furious if I work for the Bucks and
1: yeah, and I'm, I'm actually
0: I'm actually watching it now, and he's he's the first guy to touch PJ. Yep, he is the that first would- non-player to touch PJ.
1: My question to you is, granted, he's not working the games the rest of the series, but at what point does the NBA uh, reprimand Durant in some sort of way and the Nets I- I- equally and say, you know what, uh, you're fined or, or something like that? At what point do they decide that? Because, you know, granted, he doesn't work the rest of the series, but I don't feel like, I almost feel like that's not enough. Uh,
0: you, you don't find Durant over it. If he's an official employee of the Nets... Then maybe you do something with the nets, um, right. but I—it's—it's I, <laughs> it's one of those where where my mind is blown that it even happened that that he had right. his personal bodyguard there courtside and was and ran out. That's just just really stupid. I agree. I'm,
1: so I I I think that's enough of that. But it's just really. <laughs> well let's move on we've got a couple other series in the, or yeah no one other series in the east
0: yes the sixers and the hawks um you know hawks were able to surprise them in game one which was cool and you know philly was able to come back and supposedly there's a meniscus tear in uh in Bede's knee but i mean he's he seems to be okay he seems to be playing through it but that that's a series that i'd like to see um you know, get a little lengthier. I'm enjoying that. I'm in. I'm in. Really enjoying
1: the emergence of Trey Young in this postseason. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, th- there's been some interesting talk. I think think since we last left, I want to know your thoughts on this because there's been a lot of controversy surrounding um, Doc Rivers, and especially regarding his um, backing and choice of play when it comes to Ben Simmons. Um, A lot of people have talked about and and it's been said by many national pundits that says, look, as good a talent as Ben Simmons is, until he decides to start taking shots and ultimately making them, including at the free throw line, that's going to be problematic for for the Sixers in any game.
0: Uh, Yeah. Although I look at game three, he had 18 points. Um, He was only four of eight at the free throw line, so... You know that's something he needs to work on, but eighteen uh, points
1: and all of that was in the paint. Think about that. Like he doesn't take jump shots, John. So when does that one dimensional play uh, really come into hurting the, the the Sixers? Because I feel like it already is. Uh, it will against the Nets.
0: You yeah. know, I I think the Nets are going to get past the Bucks. I think the Sixers will get past the Hawks because let's remember that the Hawks are missing Cam Reddish. They're missing now. They're missing DeAndre Hunter. Um, so there, you know, Hawks is a team where they needed to be 100 percent to get past the Sixers, and that's just a lot to overcome on their own side. Sixers aren't missing anyone significant, so you know they're at full health. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I think that when it comes to the Eastern Conference Finals, I think we will see the Sixers and Nets, and I think the Nets are going to take major advantage
1: of Simmons, uh, you know, not wanting to shoot anything outside eight feet. In fact, if I'm any team, the Nets or if the Jazz get there or Suns, I'm going to do exactly what teams did forever to Dante Exum, for example, or somebody else. Just play 10 feet off of him anytime he's anywhere outside of the paint. Just let the guy have space. Just say good luck. You know, because it, it, if you're going to play him straight up, number one, he's going to blow by you. Or number two, he's going to find his open teammate. But if you give him 10 feet of space, what's that going to do? He's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to know what to do you know, he's going to have to take a jump shot if you just play uh, uh, straight up on everybody else and just stay 10 feet back. I mean, am I wrong to think that? Because I feel like that's one of the best ways to beat him.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's right. Um, thing with Simmons, though, is he's so good at passing that that so far in his career, that's kind of made up for it, you know, bet- between his defense and his passing. And I mean, he's such he's such a good athlete and and get at all these things that you know the his lack of desire to outside shoot that would not have been a problem in previous NBA decades. It's only like the past twenty years that something like that is a problem. Um, he's kind of old school that way, I guess. But yeah, yeah I, I i think I think that's something that he's going to have to eventually you know he's still in his fourth year he can still kind of stubbornly stick with some things but i think i think if he really truly wants to get to the next level i think deep down he knows he needs to add that Agreed.
1: so all right well that's all of the playoffs uh, any other notes in the nba i know there's we talked coaches any changes since we last talked because obviously we talked boston we talked otherwise um, oh, so, yeah. So, is there any, anything else we've missed? I don't think we – I think uh, the coaching change
0: happened after we recorded last. So, you know, Nate Bjorken, he only lasted one season in Indiana. Um, you know, Indiana, they they let Nate McMillan go because they didn't think like he was getting them far enough in the playoffs. They they had a first-round exit. Bjorken comes in. Uh, their record is much worse. There's a lot of players who didn't like him. So he only gets one year, and as soon as he left, you could tell most of the players were happy that he was out of there. Um, you know, Portland has parted ways with Terry Stotts, so Terry Stotts is a coach that's out there, and, and you know, Stotts to Indiana just makes too much sense. But I'm also seeing that uh, you know, Spurs assistant Becky Hammond's getting interviews. So yep, you know, Boston needs a coach. Indiana needs a coach um portland needs a coach and there's probably going to be one or two more vacancies here soon who knows um you know if the jazz no i'm not gonna well okay i'd be shocked let's say the jazz get past the clippers is tyloo in a hot seat what do you think yes <clears throat> think so
1: yeah, because, and, and I also think, I mean, I, I wonder how much longer the Clippers stay together. If if the Jazz get past the Clippers, does Kawhi walk? Do you retool, ship off, you know, uh, uh, Paul George? Do you make sort of changes? Do you turn around and say, Ty you didn't do anything for? It? Like, I feel like there's going to be a lot talked about there. So, yeah, I don't know that anything's stable there. And let, let's make it clear. I, I do believe the Jazz will win this series. I have no doubt in my mind. But, uh, yeah, I do think there's going to be all sorts of people and change at the Clippers.
0: Uh, and the Orlando Magic have a vacancy, so there's four coaching changes right now. Um, you know, Ty Lue was an assistant. You know, Doc, they parted ways with him when they couldn't get out of the second round. He did get to the second round this year, so maybe maybe they're like, all right, we'll give you another year, um, you know, Clippers, it's like they tanked on purpose to get in the position they were. I would think mostly because they thought they were going to wind up facing Lakers at some point if they had had the third seed, and that you know backfired. And gosh,
1: man, I want the Jazz to be healthy so bad. I know, and I still think. Again, I go with the fact that Jazz are going to win this series with or without Conley. I still believe the Jazz will win this series. It's when you get past this series where Conley's going to mean he needed. Against the Suns and, and ultimately, you know, if they get to the finals, that that situation. But, you know, aside from that, I might have mentioned a few other names that have come up in conversation as candidates for coaching, whether it be the Celtics or otherwise. You said Becky Hammond. Another one that's that's uh, popped up name wise is Kara Car- Lawson. Uh, Sam Cassell, Chauncey Billups have all been mentioned. Chauncey, of course, right now with the Clippers as an assistant, um, I believe, if I remember correctly. Um, Lloyd Pierce, David Fisdale or both uh, in the conversation, as well as um, NBA assistants Ime Udoka and Darvin Ham. A um, couple of women on that list, and and obviously everybody. Else, I I like that list. A lot of people that are deserving. Um,
0: is he is he on the Clippers bench? Really?
1: Uh, hold on. I thought that's where I saw him. Let's see. Because uh, I just saw him, and I swear it was the Clippers. Maybe not.
0: I know he was doing TV,
1: and I'm trying to remember oh, where he is now. He's, he is an assistant coach, but I'm just trying to remember. Oh, where yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: assistant. there he is. It says it right there. Okay, yeah, he is. Yeah, because um, I was
1: pretty sure I saw him on the sideline.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why I blinked on that. Um. Okay, so so far there are four vacancies. I'm shocked that Sacramento is not a fifth vacancy in coaching. And I've also seen that every single coach who's been laid off, it's been put out there within the hour that Jason Kidd is one of the assistant coaches being considered for this job. And I'm like, man, Jason Kidd's agent's just working overtime. <laughs> but, you know, I I would think – I'm I'm wondering if a couple of those teams are kind of holding out to see if another big-name coach perhaps uh, becomes available. Right. Uh, you know, does Milwaukee look at Budenholzer and say, you're great for the regular season, but you're just not doing it in the playoffs, and make a change there? Um, that would... I, I, sh- I just never know what other franchises are going to do. Um, right. You know, Pistons extended... Dwayne Casey last year was it last year maybe they just barely did it I don't, can't remember you know he's been there three years they haven't gotten anywhere you know you'd think that would be someone they'd be tempted to go after
1: um what about here here's another name not so much that will coach again but I'm surprised we haven't heard anything on how much longer does pop last because I feel like he may retire soon but I'm wondering if and this goes back to Becky Hammond or 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 otherwise, because I think she's the assistant there, right? Becky is, because mm-hmm. if that's the case, like, is Becky Hammond the 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 heir apparent? And maybe maybe they were just waiting for Pop to retire and she stays there.
0: Well, he's, yeah, I mean, he's getting up there. He's seventy two now. Um, he will be there as long as he feels like it. So it's all a matter of, you know, how long does he want to be there? Um, is he one of those guys where he tries pitching, retiring, and just shudders and goes, "No, I got to keep working." Um, I he I he actually strikes me as that kind of guy, where it's like, right. "What am What am I gonna do? <laughs> am I gonna garden? What am I gonna do?" You know, I I I live and breathe basketball. I I can see him being that way. I think I don't think he would retire unless he felt like he had given it his all and that his words you know carry so much weight and now i'm just at the point where i don't think i think the right. team would be better off i i feel like that's kind of what happened with sloan is sloan just had one of those days where he's like i i just um you know this generation needs a new voice i don't feel like doing this anymore and just quit like that day and i don't think pop will have that happen but i think i think he will just kind of get to a point where he's like all right i guess it's time um but that doesn't feel like today. It feels like he's still interested, he still loves it and he's still finding success. You know, the the Spurs roster was not that great and yet they made the play in tournament and you know, that team needs needs he needs players. Um I think he's doing as good as anyone could with that roster last year. So he needs players. And you know, I wonder about how you know how things ended with Aldridge there. How things ended with Kawhi Leonard there. Um, I've, it, it seems like maybe some of the pop magic is kind of faded when it comes to pushing players, but who knows?
1: Twenty five years, by the way. Twenty five years he's yeah. been there. So I mean, that's that's unheard of now. And I think you go back even, even back to the old, like how often did coaches last with their team? 25 years. It's a long time. So yeah. uh, Becky Hammond, though, you think maybe the are apparent? You think she sticks around and holds out there instead of taking another job?
0: Um, I think if Hammond has an opportunity to be a head coach, she takes it. I don't think she okay. passes on an opportunity waiting for pop to retire
1: fair enough. fair enough so yeah all right anything else nba uh
0: no that's good let's let's
1: go ahead and move on all right let's move on we don't have devin with us this week devin we miss you we should have mentioned that at the top of the show in fact you didn't have an introduction for the absence of devin masters i'm a little disappointed um so we can't do quick hits this week so let's move along to our final segment. Let's talk pop culture.
0: You want me to introduce someone who's not here?
1: Well, we did this before. <laughs> wasn't here before. Hey, no, That's no, true. don't you dare! You've done no. it before, so don't don't do that. <laughs> well,
0: thanks for bringing it up. A <laughs> hour later. All right, I'll do something closing. Anyway. <laughs>
1: Devin, we miss you. Trust us. Tr- trust this, that we missed you badly. We wish you were here.
0: <laughs> the behavior what you- of Mr. Zog bringing up this now <laughs> is no surprise to me, although I will pretend to act shocked.
1: <laughs> All right. What do you want to talk about in pop-, pop culture this week?
0: I saw a movie in the theater this week, and it was Cruella. I saw it on Disney Plus, so yeah. Well, mine was cheap. Um, <clears throat> me and my wife saw it on $5 Tuesday. We doubled with That's... a couple. Here, Here's the thing I liked about Cruella that I'll just go ahead and say. Um, with these live-action remakes, they add different flavors to the story, but they try to still make it somewhat, you know, it kind of works with the original classic. Uh, Cruella did not do that. Cruella basically retold the story of Cruella de Vil in a way that it doesn't matter that it doesn't add up for the Cruella we eventually saw in 101 Dalmatians. This felt like uh, uh, just a complete retelling and as if, you know, the 101 Dalmatians is this fable where all the facts got wrong as it passed down generations. And here's Cruella with the real story. That's what it felt like to me, and so I had fun with that. I had fun with, um, you know, her performance was amazing. Um, yes, it was. Emma Thompson was toe to toe with her. She was great. She was every bit the, you know, Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada mode, and just she was just a fantastic Disney villain as well. I really liked the casting and chemistry of Horace and
1: Jasper. Um, I felt like they did enough. I felt like they didn't get enough time in this film, though. Don't you like even as secondary characters? I think I, I felt like they just didn't they, they we didn't see enough of them.
0: Um, I think that's a tribute to how good they were, that they left you wanting more. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, she she plot wise, uh, you first see her as a little girl. Um, she has this mother who's doing her best to raise, you know, Estella, and Estella has this really bratty side that she calls Cruella. She's not a split personality, but that's kind of what's there. And then her mom dies, and she's orphaned, and she runs into fellow orphans Horace and Jasper, and they grow up and they become master thieves. And it's this, it's this fun little origin that you kind of get to see, and. You know, then it, then it kicks in when she sees Emma Thompson's Baroness, and it's this is a very, uh, fashion heavy. I mean, it's huge. Corella is this great fashion designer. The Baroness is the best fashion designer in the world, and it's very colorful. It's very bright. Um, has all kinds of fun with the the tone is the tone is just right. It's campy, but it's not like embarrassingly so. It and and there's there was never it's like the movie introduced us on a certain wavelength and it never fell off into a boring valley for me i thought the movie was paced great and it stayed on this on this positive trippy vibe like the whole time so i i I thought it was very competently done the director was really good it was directed by craig gillespie he directed i tanya and some other movies and and i thought he was really good and overall i was i was quite pleased with what they did with it
1: and you also we also didn't mention mark strong who i thought did a really good job as john the valet in this film too yeah he didn't get a lot of play time either but i thought his Mm -hmm. his part in it was uh was was important at times and and he did a pretty good job of it i mean we've seen him in other much stronger better roles uh, like for example, the villain in uh, Sherlock Holmes film, but he's he's played the part pretty well in this film. Yeah. So, yeah, I I liked it. It it was a bit off the beaten path for me, and I've really enjoyed a lot of the live action films. This one, I, I mean, I still I still walked away from it thinking, okay, I didn't quite like the way they retold the story, and that they skirted around some things in this film that. Really, you, you fell in love with when you were watching Hundred and One Dalmatians when you were younger, but it, it it overall it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth. I still enjoyed the film.
0: Yeah, I this was more like it took it took a colorful character, um, tried to tell a story from her point of view. Kind of made her the good guy actually, and and you know, villainous. But it's like, but the person she's fighting is evil so it all works out in the end this this version I liked more than uh, Maleficent I, I liked the first Maleficent movie enough but I was really bothered by um, the changes they made to the story and how they still tried to make it compatible with Sleeping Beauty um, this
1: one they just flat out didn't try which I thought was better Specifically with the way they treated the king in Maleficent. I had issues with the way they treated the story of the king and the queen. Yeah.
0: I didn't like how they treated the king. I didn't like that the prince was just like the most useless lump of a character ever. And You know. Okay. I I had my issues with that. (laughs) But so I didn't with Cruella. With Cruella, I, I bought the vibe that they sold
1: me early and was with them through the whole movie. And I and and by the way, uh, a couple of Dalmatians made their appearance in this film as well. Um, That might be my only complaint um, is is the way the way the story uh, did, you know, the the part of the story revolving around the Dalmatians didn't really sit well with me. Um, But again, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to Disney and some of the films that I grew up on. But overall, I'm with you. I thought that they handled it pretty well, that this film was a good film. I will say
0: some of the CGI with the dogs wasn't great.
1: Yeah, it was rough.
0: I don't, it was definitely rough. I don't like CGI animals. That's I could not even watch Call of the Wild because the CGI of the dog was just too distracting.
1: What about Jungle
0: Book? That's different. They talk, or or, or the Lion King. They talk. Oh, well, I didn't like Lion King, but <laughs> I don't like CGI realistic animals. I mean, okay, I don't fair. have a problem with CGI in Jungle Book because they talk, they sing, right? You know. If it's supposed to be a real dog, just use a real dog. <laughs> train, it, train but, it to run to the right, you know. I, why, I, I don't know
1: why. How, I don't know how well they could have trained them to do exactly what took place in the film. I mean, you can train a dog only so much and there were certain aspects of this film that I don't know.
0: Yeah, about. they needed they needed the fangs. I I get what well, I get why they did it with some of them. Some of them I right. did. It, but right. it's just it's just distracting when they do it. So
1: all right. Well, I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Uh, we both recommend it. Um, and, and, you know, whether you watch it on Disney Plus or you go to the theater, if you're not comfortable going to the theater, then definitely watch on Disney Plus. And it wasn't that we weren't comfortable. It was just easy. We could pay the premium price. We could watch it. And it was very good. We enjoyed it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, anything else on the docket for uh, pop culture? Uh, anything else you want? You watched?
0: Um. No, I'm, I'm, I'm still binging star Trek discovery and really enjoying that right now. And, uh, the handmaid's tale I'm watching that and it's handmaid's tale is so freaking dark this season. <laughs> it's, it's always been a dark show, but man,
1: season four is brutal. let <laughs> will just say that. Well, that's good to know. I don't know that I'd ever get into that. Um, I, I've looked at it slightly intrigued, but I've chosen not yeah. to watch it. Um, I will put that I started rewatching maybe just because of the elements that we're watching right now. I started rewatching the last dance, with Michael Jordan, um, mm-hmm. just be, just because I found it interesting to be watching that during the playoffs. Um, but I also am watching something that I'm not sure I really care for. I don't know if you ever saw dirty John.
0: I never did watch dirty John.
1: Um, and, and I can't remember if this is new. I think it is. Uh, there's a uh, – I keep getting confused because I'm really trying to decide if this is a – no, it came out last year. So yeah, Dirty John, it uh, stars – see, this is where I'm not is doing Kristen so Christian well. Slater or the other? Yeah, Christian yeah, just- Slater and then Amanda Pete. So it's it, – I mean it's about – I don't even know how to describe this. It's about a man who ends up being a lawyer whose wife – um, gets him through all of college and, and whatnot by by working a separate job, by taking care of their kids while he did so. It's set in the 60s and 70s. Uh, it, it ultimately ended up in, and, and by the way, this is based on real life, uh, a real life story, it, it ends up that she, uh, he cheats on her. Um, he, he ends up marrying the woman he cheated with her. He really was manipulative his whole life. Uh, she ended up going crazy. Um, and and ultimately, uh, and and again, this is known fact. She ultimately ended up killing him and his wife. Um, but you end up watching the story unfold of how it ended up as bad as it did. Um, and, and to this day, um, the woman is still in prison, uh, fifteen to, to life, I think it was, and she's been in prison since the '80s and uh, has not been uh, not been able to gain parole in any way, shape, or form since. So it's a very interesting. But a series that I don't care too much for. I've ended up watching it, and it's just left me with a bad taste. But if you're interested in the true crime type stuff, interested in in learning about you know these kind of situations like this, maybe you'll enjoy this. So but I, I, yeah. Anyway, well, um, I don't think there's anything else, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, thank you all for listening. It's a little bit shorter this week. Devin, we miss you. Um, John. Do you want to give any thoughts to Devin?
0: Well, we miss his his spirit, his energy, his spunk, and hopefully he'll be here next week.
1: I feel like we're having some sort of a funeral.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I also also had fun. uh, We were at game two, and he was only one section over, and I could not, every time I looked over at him, I could not get his attention. (laughs) So I didn't actually talk to him until the game was over.
1: Well, and I saw him last night because we did go to the watch party last night. Uh, they opened up the upper bowl because the lower bowl was full. They opened up sections of the upper bowl, so my guess is there was probably over ten thousand people there last night, Very and cool. it did it did get loud, loud at times. But had another tweet up, got a chance to see longtime listener Downright Dave, and of course his brother John, and I did get a chance to to chat with. Uh, Devin for a bit and there were a few others but I'm not very good at remembering everybody um Jared and then there was I can't remember Tiffany a few others so it was really fun they're gonna have another watch party on Monday night so if you're interested in meeting up with a few folks or just going to the arena and and excited to you know just to be a part of the crowd then I suggest going yeah also I will really talk about, about
0: it. it but um it was I, I was at game two and it was an just an amazing playoff experience. It's if you have a chance to somehow get yourself to a game, go to a game because
1: the, the atmosphere is incredible. And I love being a part of stuff like that. Yeah, me too. And I've missed the playoff basketball. Uh, watch parties don't nearly live up to it, but are still very fun to be at. Um, also shout out to Tony Parks I got a chance to visit with him for a few minutes last night And get a pic I have not seen Tony in a long time It really is good to, to catch, uh, catch up with a friend So um, Alright with that We appreciate everybody Go Jazz We'll talk to you real soon John take us out
0: Bye everybody